Hey, Swiggies. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of Swift and Swigs with Sibs. Before we begin, we just want to press that in this episode, we discuss topics of suicide and depression. We wanted to offer a warning in case you might have any sensitivities towards these themes. Please visit our show notes for information on finding help with suicide and depression. Thanks and enjoy the episode. It's us. Hi. We're the podcasters. It's us. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Sam. We're the Sibs. And you're listening to Swift and Swigs with Sibs. That's right. This is the podcast where a brother and a sister discuss two of their favorite things, Taylor Swift and cocktails. Every episode, we will choose a song from Taylor Swift's 200-plus song catalog. We'll each pair a cocktail with that song, and then we will break down our favorite musical mixology moments. Hey, Sam, are we ready for it? I think we are. Welcome, episode 009. Hey, Sam, I'm greeting you from... Warm and sunny Myrtle Beach. Wow. I feel like every podcast now, I'm jumping around here in Myrtle Beach just for the week. And are you in uh, anywhere sunny today, Sam, or right right you there in Colorado? You are just calling me out. You just had to lead oh, off I'm sorry. with that, didn't you? Um, was that a bit of a flex? It was a sorry. bit of a flex, but I love you for it. I am not anywhere sunny or warm, but you know what? It is... It is a wild winter where I am, and I'm not barefoot. I've got socks on, and I am happy for that. So two can play that game, I suppose. Yeah, all right, fine. Well, we have a very special episode. Listeners, there is someone in the podcast studio with us today. We have brought on our first guest. Yay. This Listener, this Swiggy is a very special person to us. She is our official boomer correspondent <laughs> of the Swifty world. This is our Aunt Trish Litursky. Aunt Trish, Hello. say hi. It's just Welcome. We're glad you're here. here. Our, our first ever guest, um, and it's episode nine, and Aunt Trish has made it makes it pretty clear that on the Enneagram scale, Rachel, you and I are of the nines. And I think it's a very fitting episode number for you to join us on Aunt Trish. So welcome. Absolutely. I'm honored to be your first Boomer Swiggy guest. We are really excited. This is going to be fun because we, Sam and I, like chat all the time, but this is going to be really great to get like a totally different perspective or find out that we actually have a lot more thoughts. So in our first episode, Trish, Sam, and I introduced our Taylor Swift story. So we thought it would be really fun to let our listeners in on a little bit about how did you find Taylor Swift? What inspired you to become a Swifty? Or even are you? Maybe you're just curious. I am a Swifty. If Swifty means that you that you know you love Taylor Swift and her music. Um, I don't know I think it does. all the things, but I love hearing about them, and I'm anxious to learn more, but I am definitely a Taylor Swift fan. Um, I, my Taylor Swift days, I guess, go back to when she first, um, re- first released her pop album. Um, at the time, all I knew was this country star um, named Taylor Swift, you know, dropped a, a pop album, and um, though I have been a, a country fan in the past, you know that my dad and your grandpa um, raised me on country music, but I was sort of in a non-country phase of my life, so I had not heard of Taylor Swift, but I was intrigued by the pop um, album. I certainly noticed people were criticizing, and um, there were naysayers, and I thought, you know what? She's doing her thing, and of course there was there were people that loved it as well because it got great reviews. So, um, so I just that was my first um, sort of introduction, um, and I remember having discussions with Tom, your uncle Tom, and my husband, and 
Fran, my daughter, your cousin, who's also a, a musician and songwriter and Taylor Swift fan, just about Taylor's savvy in the business world and her courage to just do her thing and make her art. So I remember being introduced to her in that way. And then, of course, I knew um, the catchy um, hits. I, you know, I can't name all the songs, but I certainly um, paid attention to the catchy hits and tried to learn the lyrics so I could say them, you know, sing them really fast. Um, but it wasn't until the um, pandemic, similar to you, Rachel, where I just needed to plug in and um, I really started listening and just, it's, I feel like her songs to me are like reading a book <laughs> and, um, you know, I loved her storytelling and her lyrics and the music um, that she creates, her collaborators and her producers. It's just amazing. So I'm a fan. And Aunt Trish, one of the things I know you to be is a bibliophile. You love to read books. Mm -hmm. So it's very fitting that you gravitate towards Taylor Swift the same way that Rachel and I do um, in, in with regards to her lyricism and her storytelling ability. Um, it is like reading a book sometimes just with yeah. beautiful melodies as well. I just tend to gravitate towards kind of quirky female characters in my books that are brooding and musing and because um, I'm sort of a brooder. Um, so <laughs> she's just speaking to me. And then there's the music on top of it. So I admire her, her courage to stand up to bullies and uh, her, you know, her F the patriarchy attitude. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, yes. we do have um, uh, permission to be explicit on this. So uh, don't hold back with your F-bombs, Aunt Trish. Well, once I you get into my cocktail, you, you might hear the full <laughs> F-word. Well, I'm excited. I, I, I think our stories are similar, Aunt Trish. I, I, like, I just love that. But I especially love this whole, like, this book, bibliophile oh, thank you. kind of direction. Mm -hmm. So... That's going to be great yeah. for today. Um, let's go into maybe what we're um, we're doing on some new shit. How about that? Yeah. I want to find out, Trish, what's some music that you're listening to these days? Because I always feel like you have great taste. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I actually discovered Simmel, S-Y-M-L. Um, it, it's, it's actually the Welsh word for simple. And it's um, a solo project of Brian Farrell, who was on the, who who was with Barcelona. I had never heard of Barcelona, but I actually saw this Simmel, his his project on um, CBS this morning, last Saturday morning. It was one of those things that I heard. It was in the background, and I just had to find out more. And I am hooked on his music. Uh, his latest um, album is called "The Day My Father Died," and he was inspired by losing his father. So there's definitely some um, very heartfelt lyrics. I love the music. It's indie. Oh, I would call yeah. it indie pop. That sounds good. Have you heard of that, Sam? Nope. It's so good. to. I like having a mix. Yeah. This is why we've got all, people of all different styles. All right, Sam, what how about you? Anything new with you? Okay. Any new shit with you? I feel you? like every episode I'm going to just keep reminding until, until the day it happens that the Eras Tour is upon us. It is so close. I am so excited. So close. Um, of course, I'm not going until July, so um, I've, I've got some time to prepare, but I'm sure Taylor is like in the thick of, of preparation. The reason I bring this up now is because I am excited for my show in Denver. Um, one of the openers is Gracie Abrams, so that's what I'm on to. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've got Grace Abrams opening for me for my show too. Lucky, we are so, so lucky. I I want to dive in. I want to dive into her music. I was like just pulling it up today. Well, so like what? Perfect what timing. are you listening to? It's perfect timing because Gracie just released a new album this last week. So um, up until this last album, she's had like an EP and some singles, and I've listened to those, and they're just amazing. Her voice is awesome, and uh, very poignant lyrics. I can see why yeah. taylor chose her uh to open for her um she's very th this album um is sort of sad uh 
Yeah. And uh, I get Phoebe Bridgers very, vibes from very it. Very Phoebe, and mm-hmm. but yeah. it's beautiful, and um, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how she's going to uh, like get the crowd for Taylor Swift pumped with these like sort of moody songs, but I think it's going to be amazing. So um, Gracie Abrams is is my choice for this week. What I'm on, what the new shit that I'm on to. <laughs> That's so fun. All right. Now I have a reason to really dive into it. Uh, All right. I guess it's my turn. And I feel like I'm kind of cheating because I don't really have any new shit. But I wanted to plug my uh, a playlist that I've been listening to all week, which is Sam's Taylor Swift playlist. It is a playlist he made for like all of his friends. I think, who you were trying to convince to be Swifties. Is this right, Sam? Yeah, they're coming to the, the Eras tour with me, but I, I, need to, I need to introduce them to some of her, her songs, of course. So I compiled, like, my top 40 favorite songs, and that's that playlist. Right. Okay, so I – the only reason – this week, as I mentioned in our last week's episode, I was up at the Berkey Biner for a ski race, <laughs> and I <laughs> – like, I was only focused on that, and I chose to listen to some music while I was skiing. And mm, I had what would you some. Have chosen? Yeah, it had to be Taylor Swift. Like, I was <laughs> crazy nervous. I'd never done this before. It's 29K, so it takes me like forever because I'm super, super slow. And I needed. Some people might want some like pump up music for exercise, which sometimes I do. But when I'm skiing in the woods, like, I wanted to. I mean, I didn't want to be barefoot in the woods, but I. <laughs> wanted to get in the zone and Trish was helping me she was there she was helping me get into the court and she was reminding me about that the pain would not be forevermore (laughs) and I was decided like I needed to listen to this podcast to really just like get myself in the zone enjoy myself while I'm doing something really hard so there were some great moments um I to name one when, when a song comes on at, like, just the right time, like, I, I love that. Like, a soundtrack to my life. So there was this, there's this hill. It's called Bitch Hill. It is – you turn a corner, and all you see is this, like, straight uh, acceleration in, in incline and, like, ski, skiers, like, all across this hill, okay? Just climbing, climbing, climbing. And it's steep. It's really hard. And I hit that hill, and everybody talks about it. I hit that hill – and Taylor greeted with me with, it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. And I loved that. I love the tongue-in-cheek, Taylor. That was fantastic. That's there great. were some moments where I was glad that no one was around because I was singing, like I was legit singing. Um, one moment I can remember was, I think he knows. <laughs> and I really like belted that because I just needed to like get in fun. So it's a great playlist. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. So that's that's what I was listening to. That's that's some new old great shit that I was listening um, to. I'm just going to plug that playlist. It's on Spotify and it's called my. We'll put Taylor it. We'll Swift put it in the show notes. Ultimate playlist. We'll put it in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure it's public. If not, I'll make it public. So yeah, um, we'll do that. I'm, I'm glad that I got you through your your race, Rachel. Congratulations, by the way. On yes. Very There's, good. Job. You're no anti-hero, Rachel. You are a hero. Aww. Oh, I should I should bring this up, but um, we've talked about the Grammys in the last couple of episodes. I don't know if you watched the Grammys, Andrew, but. Trevor Noah made a great ant joke to Taylor Swift regarding anti-hero. Right. He called his his anti a hero. So <laughs> I guess I should say anti-hero, uh, not anti. Anti. <laughs> exactly. So you're our anti-hero um, today and always. Oh, thank so you. cute. I think this is a great time to dive into our Swift and Aunt Trish, because in honor of being our first guest, we let you. Pick the song this week. Would you like to give us an introduction into what we're discussing this week and why you chose it, what you love about it? Okay. Well, we are, I chose Evermore. Um, You guys had not gotten into the era of the Evermore era. And it, um, I love a good collaboration. I love 
Bonnie Bear, mm. Justin Vernon, um, Rachel and Sam, Rachel and Sam. <laughs> you know, in in my day, I'll, we call them duets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Islands in the Stream, Dolly Parton, and, uh-huh, and Kenny. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, so I won't, I won't date myself anymore. But um, <laughs> I just, I have a memory of during the pandemic. Again, I just had this need to plug in, and um, Evermore had just come out, so I just listened. And again, you know, the stories and "Tis the Damn Season." Just that whole, I just pictured the whole scene, and I was just enjoying. It, and then I guess I had the version without the the um, bonus tracks. The bonus so tracks. Evermore was mm-hmm. the, I don't know, outro song or the, the, the final song um, title track. And I just remember, you know, standing up and looking out this very window, the, my backyard window. And I, for me, it evoked just that, that feeling of um, during pandemic. And, mm-hmm. I, and we'll get into that more, but... Um, yeah, I just, I just cried. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I, I might even cry when we talk oh, about I'm sure this I will. song today. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. It's okay. This is a cry happy okay, place. Yeah. <laughs> Crying in a good way. It is a beautiful song. I think it, it's, I mean, you could say that about many of Taylor Swift's songs, that it's beautiful. Yes. But I, I think truly this is one of the most, like, picturesque, beautiful. It is deeply sad as well yeah. and heavy but, but it it does end not that way and, right. and ultimately the you know the instrumentation of it all the the story that it tells the the poetry mm-hmm. that mm. is used in this song i'm really glad you chose this one trish because i don't know if i personally would have chosen it because it it carries a lot of weight and that scares me to get into mm-hmm. but uh, I'm, There's your I'm, nine, yeah. Sam. <laughs> I'm a six. I can running get into away it. from you. <laughs> My nine yep. is showing, but I'm so glad you chose <laughs> it. I'm showing. I'm stoked to get into it. Um, I don't know about you, but this is the hardest part of recording these episodes. Is the first moments when we're trying to keep our cocktails a secret because we are on a video recording. So <laughs> I think we all want to dive into our cocktails right now. Is this a good time? Ladies. Yeah, let's let's Absolutely. swig. So as soon as we really get into our feelings, like we're yeah. gonna be really there. <laughs> I think we should start with our guest. What do you say, Absolutely. and Trish? Tell us a little bit about what cocktail inspired you from this song. Well, I I am in awe of you two who do your creation creative cocktails. Generally, when I want a cocktail, I just want to pour a couple things in and shake a couple things and maybe muddle something, and then I'm gonna drink. But I was inspired to make the Weather Be the Frost cocktail. Oh. I thought we were going to be in Hayward for this, Rachel. So there was going to be snow and winter. Unfortunately, in Cincinnati, we have spring. But I'm going to think winter. And I have my, in my, my Weather Be the Weather. Weather Be the Frost. Mm. Weather Be the Frost. So I have gin. We have a little juniper um, essence, uh-huh. and then I have white cranberry juice. And since the white cranberry juice that I found was the sugary kind, it was so I so that sweetened it up quite a bit. So um, I did just add a, spring, a spritz of um, cranberry clementine seltzer to it, Yum. and yeah. then I decided I wanted blueberries because I just think of blue and win- winter and frost. Mm-hmm. And then I garnished mm-hmm. it with a little evergreen sprig. Yum, cheers and to that. I don't know if you mentioned this, but you told us this pre-recording uh, that your glass was frosted. It was frosted, but because that. the daffodils are blooming, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the weather is not the frost today. But, but that's a fun, <laughs> that would be, be a great frost. reminder. I love weather be winter. the frost. There you go. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, Antris. I love it. Take a sip. Cheers. Enjoy it. What about you, Sam? I am drinking what I'm calling um, Barefoot in the Wildest Winter. <laughs> and uh, we, I, Trish and I went similar vibes. I wanted a cocktail that just reminded me of winter. The song is very winter vibes, right? And uh, I think of gin because of 
the juniper, the, the, mm -hmm. the pininess that always um, gives way to winter and Christmas ideas. So this is a gin, a juniper gin cocktail with um, grapefruit juice, which is of course a winter fruit and um, orange liqueur, specifically Sam's homemade orange liqueur. So I, um, you know, the citrus fruits are uh, very wintry um, and it does have a little bit of simple syrup in there as well. And then uh, I, I put a few drops of uh, rosemary bitters in there too. Um, and then I got some cranberry garnishes. No cranberries going into the drink though, but um, yeah, barefoot in the wild this winter. It's, it's very wintry. It was also a frosted glass. I took some pictures <laughs> of it while it was still frosted. So you'll have to tune in for that, but um, I'm taking a sip now. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to winter. Y'all are, uh, are kind of elevating or way past me on the excellent presentation because – as I mentioned at the beginning of the um, oh boy, episode, I don't know again. if anyone remembers, <laughs> I am at a beach right now, so it's snow? really hard for me. It's really hard for me to get into this barefoot winter vibes because I'm just really beachy, um, and and beaches they only serve things in plastic cups, so uh, that's what we're working with now. I love that we all kind of went in, in like little different directions because my favorite part of this song is the bridge you know i love a bridge a banging bridge <laughs> and in the bridge it gives off uh stormy seas mm -hmm. um this like kind of shipwrecked waves which was, feels really great since that's where i am right now by the way i can see the waves i don't know if i mentioned that oh, um <laughs> and so i immediately thought of a dark and stormy this is a cocktail that um, it's rum and ginger beer and lime. So it's really simple, really simple ingredients. And when you – it's – if you layer it just right, you start with the ginger beer in your glass first. Then you kind of pour over this dark, um, dark rum and it – I, I hope this came out in my video photograph, but it kind of layers it so the darkness is like a stormy cloud over the lightness, and it's just kind of coming down there. Squeeze the, the lemon juice, the lime juice on it, and then you kind of slowly stir it together. So it's it's definitely a beachy drink, but the just the, the sharpness of the ginger, I think, gives it a little bit of a different kind of, ooh, what's that? Um, so that's what I went with. I like Dark it. and stormy. Oh, I didn't I tell you what it's called. I'm calling it the Unmoored. Oh, oh good. Love it. Cheers. Good. All right. Cheers. Cheers, Swiggies. Cheers to all of us. Cheers. To all Swiggies These are some everywhere. Fun ideas to get us into Evermore. All right. This is the moment. This is when we start breaking it down, Aunt Trish. I know you're a big listener, so I know you are ready to give us all of your great ideas. So we love just like our cocktail, we love to start with the spirit. And we have already given a little bit of the things we love about the spirit of this song. But I think let's let's kind of give a little bit of an essence as to what what makes this song different from other ones. What what is the spirit of this song? Do you want to take the lead, Antrish? Do you have any ideas for that? I do. Thank you. Um I, I I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of the end looking back. So um, there was the, I just feel like it's a song about lost, like sadness and lost hope um, that, uh, and turmoil and anxiety, a lot of um, musing about what happened, what could I have done differently? Um, I, I almost sent sort of an anxiety attack Kind of thing and then um mm -hmm. it just ends with hope there's there's someone or the universe that's making things hopeful for the for the yeah. narrator yeah when i first listened to this song this like this was at the beginning of my taylor swiftness mm -hmm. and i i'm grateful to to say I didn't really know a lot about 
the controversy behind Taylor Swift. Same. I didn't mm-hmm. care enough to not to, to cancel her in in her um, darker days, mm-hmm. I guess. These, and so when I listened to the song, I was pretty clear-headed. I didn't have any, oh, this has got to be about this time of her life. And when I listen to music, I immediately, you know, with good writers, I make it about mm-hmm. me. I'm very, you know, egotistical like that. But that's <laughs> that's the beauty of, of music is that we can really, like, make it connect. And we've talked about this before with Taylor. Like, she has this amazing ability to write something specific enough that you are able to jump to the universal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am a person who's struggled with depression before. And I, interestingly, could connect immediately times of my life to the specific even dates that she mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and my, so I, as soon as she said, you know, I've been down since july you know gray november down since july i could think of times in those uh, like times of my life particularly surrounding motherhood when i feel like i've experienced changes and shock and that put me into some depression that i was able to really connect in that way and like immediately put myself kind of like what you said about tis the damn season like immediately put myself into the story and which in, in such a beautiful way and I I just wanted to know more about her thought process but when she ta- when she said it also she kind of took it back a little bit to the summer of 2016 when she had went through some really like media um, struggles there's some Conway Kanye mm-hmm. West drama and and how that November she just kind of shut down and went away and had to really think back about and, and in the interview with the Apple Music she mentioned that this has happened a lot you know like whenever she has these depressive states she has to she retreats and kind of tries to make sense of that mm-hmm. and it's as she said a process of finding hope again so yeah I love that you started the spirit with but there's hope mm-hmm. because it's I think that that's such an important note to make about this song that it was written to show what it feels like to struggle through depression and uncertainty um but that there is always hope at the end of that experience Mm -hmm. i love that yeah do you have any extra input sam about your spirit i just want to acknowledge that there you know if for anyone listening to our podcast who might not know much about her background i don't want to shed too much light on the controversy that she went through but she she went through a very dark time in 2016 where she was ultimately canceled by the media and she didn't think that she would ever recover from that um in terms of her career and her personal life um during that really dark time for her is also when she began to uh, date Joe, who we know now has yeah. been the source of happiness for her and what mm-hmm. she has looked to to get her out of the darkest times of her life and to rise above um, what the media says and what her uh, her crippling celebrity persona can, can do to her. Um, and that's another thing that I, I feel is a very big focal point of this song Mm-hmm. is her very positive relationship with this man, um, who, of course, we have to mention because he Crow wrote this song and he plays the piano in the song, right. too. Uh, well, you just basically wrote my transition, Sam. <laughs> yep, I'm here because for Because <laughs> <laughs> I uh, want to get into the musical mixology of it all, and I think it we can't leave out the fact that this song started from a piano riff written by what's listed as William Bowery, but we all know now is Taylor's partner, Joe. And I I think it's amazing to uh, just, I love hearing the process of the, the creation of a song. But it started with this riff, this piano riff, and then transitioned into 
she made she added the layer of words along with the melody and then they bring in a yet another collaborator which is i think why you chose the song to begin with yes. trish mm-hmm. uh bony bear do you do you listen to any bony bear any justin vernon i music? do and i actually saw justin vernon live with fran here in cincinnati just just an oh acoustic set um so i've been a fan ever since and even more so than the the first collaboration that we heard which with Exile oh, yeah. because Love in that. Exile we got this like really deep voice mm-hmm. but but Bon Iver, I, Justin Vernon's like Bon Iver music yeah. is yeah he's got that falsetto that high and then you know we'll get into the lyrics but he's got these like wild metaphors these right. poetic things which I thought Taylor was deep but like woo, yeah. you really got to dig and pull out your thesaurus for that guy oh yeah what are some of um other any other musical things that either of you are noticing in the mixology of this well the most fascinating part of this song for me musically is how it changes for the bridge the tempo changes the melody Mm -hmm. changes and it it insinuates that chaos that they're singing about in that moment it's a very tumultuous time and the the tempo picking up just kind of raises your heartbeat a little bit and it sort of causes the drama stirs the drama of the song and maybe brings out a little bit of anxiety in the listener mm-hmm. and it just sort of comes out of nowhere too it's it's rare for a song uh regardless of the artist to totally change tempo like that and melody like that it's almost like its own song tucked away in the middle because of course the bridge ends and it slows down and it goes back to the original beat tempo Mm -hmm. melody and that's how the song ends and to me that's the most fascinating i i I find it very fascinating Uh, it's it's so unique and it it's it just allows you to feel so many different emotions during that it's cool I almost think a second listen yeah. is better because at first I remember being a little like, ooh, almost yeah. annoyed by it. But yeah. every mm-hmm. time I listen to it, it's just, it so fits. It just mm-hmm. fits the, the spirit. It, it's as if, like, there's a lot of layers to the songs. There's songs within songs. Mm-hmm. And when you when you see the... Like when I, I, you know, I love like the placement of a song mm-hmm. in the album. And if we look at this like before the bonus tracks, like you can understand now seeing how this song was layered, that that's almost like how she was seeing all of the songs. Like that, that what, what you're struggling with with mental health or um, I- anything throughout the, many of these songs, it's like it's it's complicated. Yeah. Like it's not one note, right. right? There's just a lot of elements that come in, and she really communicates that through the different songs yeah and speaking of note the one thing that i noticed after the the piano riff is just oh i love it so much but there's this discordant string like i don't know if it's cello that starts in and if you can hear mm. it in the background it's just mm. a very that that sort of changes throughout but that's definitely in the background of this this yeah um, what's interesting I, is when uh when you look up the the who is involved with the song like the credits of it mm-hmm. you see that that um in addition to justin and joe and taylor and aaron Dessner being credited as like the the songwriters and the producers um there's also an upright bass there's a lot okay. steel guitar believe oh, it or wow. not there's uh cello mm-hmm. violin clarinet flute wow. and i looked this up but there's a, an instrument called the crotales and they're like little symbols. And it's oh. it's interesting to know huh. that all of those instruments were used. Um, you do have to really strain your ear to listen to to it. It's it's at first listen, it, it's very focused on the piano, but uh, upon second and third and many more listens, you do start to hear that there's so much more sound wise to this song than that piano. There's all these like very soft, like you said, the the string. Um, Did anyone else hear birds? It's really, you know, I love to find the things that yes. you haven't heard, Sam. Yeah. It's but, my favorite project. But I thought, like, with the piano like, riff, didn't it listen. just, 
didn't the piano riff just evoke like walking, like plodding? Ooh, plodding is such a good word. Plotting. It's not like the stretch. <laughs> yeah, she was plodding. Like we talked about with style. Right. Like she is slowly stepping over stone along through barefoot this. in the wildest winter. Yes. I think it's a good time for us to start getting into our book club because this is where the words really like get exciting. Uh, we call this the Taylor with a twist. And there are some amazing twists and turns that we take with these words. So we start off with this first verse and immediately it places us in a moment in time. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's a it's a classic writer move, right. which was like it's it was a dark and stormy That's night, right. you know. It was a gray November. November. I love like I, I love that right away we get this like storytelling mm-hmm. um, as we as just Im- immediately um, and this is that part that we were kind of talking about before which was <sighs> introducing how she's been feeling uh, motion capture put me in a bad light which is just like such a great reminder of mm-hmm. hey like the media essentially because yeah. they are mm-hmm. putting her in a bad light literally to, to go off of that it's uh, again, I don't want to give a lot of detail to that, but she was painted in a bad light from that controversy. She ultimately, at the end of the day, wasn't really in the wrong, but she was conveyed in a very negative way. So she was painted in a bad light. Mm-hmm. And that those lyrics, those first lines, just give a lot of information to that without saying a lot. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just it allows her to speak from her perspective where she is She's she's in a she's in a rough place because of how she was, you know, portrayed, and you really just immediately feel for her, the narrator, because um, we've all been there when you're, mm-hmm. when you are misunderstood or misconveyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it just allows the listener to put themselves there. I was I think putting myself in the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> in that, yes. In yeah. That, it evoked clouds to me, like just a cloudy time. Well, okay, I just learned this. I'm, I'm, I'm moving along into, like, I replayed my footsteps on Stepping Stone. We mentioned that that, like, sounds like the plotting. Mm-hmm. I love that so much in that, like, idea about kind of replaying things and trying to figure out. I mean, that's such a common thing. Like, where did I go mm-hmm. wrong? But um, the part, writing letters addressed to the fire, I just learned that Taylor Swift was watching mm-hmm. Jane Eyre. Did you hear that? Rachel, don't you so love this, Jane Eyre? Isn't that like one of your favorite books? Jane Eyre, yes, it was one of my favorite, favorite books. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a part at the end where Jane Eyre writes letters and then like to this, her lover that she ran away from and that she's oh. been like kind of lost yeah. and confused and uncertain yeah. about. And she writes letters and she goes back and the house, the mansion is, is destroyed in a fire. And so, yes. um, I, there was a con- there was like this connection between like writing letters addressed to the to, fire. to the fire, which mm-hmm. kind of gives off this idea of like I keep when I hear her say writing letters, I think of the songs right. that she writes right. are basically mm-hmm. the letters that she's writing, and I that to me that's what reputation the whole album mm-hmm. was was just like this, and and then some of Love, Lover, but like was this like. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to explain myself or tell you what you're doing wrong and it just it keeps going up in flames like it's just adding more fuel right. to the fire of criticism of me. Well, now we move into the chorus and um, I I love mm. the way that this begins. Mm. Catching I was catching my breath, staring out an open window, catching my death, and I I I find that to be so. It's so relatable, which I'm going to say like a hundred times today. But like, there's there's that there's that feeling like I'm just trying to like take a moment to pause, to like to breathe, like to 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 try to understand how I'm feeling, and yet it's dangerous still. Like sometimes, like trying to understand, trying to take a moment to pause and understand it is if you're if you're going right out into it, it's 
it's still kind of scary. It's still dangerous because it's so cold. But I was also even thinking about the ways that she took a pause after 2016 mm-hmm. to, to try to breath. like catch her breath. But mm-hmm. even that, like she could have been wondering, is this going to be the end of my career? Like, is this mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. the death of me? Mm-hmm. If I, I mean, I think anybody yeah. thinks that. Can we just but. take a pause and acknowledge that her career is falling on fire? <laughs> it's on, it's on fire. It's in the flames, right? I mean, it's I, I know that that's what she was processing. That's what she was mm-hmm. thinking of at the time, and and I, I feel so sad for her knowing that that everything that she'd worked for up to that point she thought was then over, mm-hmm. but boy did she come back with a bang <laughs> and and she's she's stronger than ever and god i love her for it way to go taylor way and i go. picture it as like <laughs> catching my breath also like a raggedy jaggedy breath at this point in the song like a you know oh. kind of a, like mm-hmm. it's catching like mm-hmm. catching on something it's well, not going all the way down oh. <laughs> and and if, if yeah. we're picturing her in this like very frigid cold environment yeah. with the window open yeah. um that takes your breath away right so mm-hmm. that's what i feel uh, she's she's also referencing there is she's trying to catch her breath because it's so cold she's she's a, like alone in this barren winter w- wilderness or whatever that mm-hmm. uh, she can barely she can barely breathe mm-hmm. and later on she catches her breath in a different way but we'll we'll get into that staring and then, at an open window catching my death what what do you guys view her saying there I mean is that is she do you think she's speaking literally there um it's it's a dark it's a dark lyric where she's just staring out an open window and sort of like looking at her death in front of her right is that the death of her career is that just it's interesting because there's a lot of songs where she talks about staring out a window Mm. right like don't didn't we talk about this in false god where she was saying like to to joe that you're just like staring out the window and then isn't it also in i almost do like I, it's it it's like there's this conversation about looking out and trying to make sense by like looking out to the world, mm-hmm. and looking out into the world is the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to turn inward mm-hmm. and understand mm-hmm. herself, like she was looking out and she couldn't be sure because there's no answers out there because the world is scary for to to her and she will soon learn like this is a moment in her time when she's meeting joe and learning that like inside as we'll get to the cabin that's mm-hmm. where it's safe like right. stay inside don't be afraid to look don't look too far out we haven't even gotten to the like the big punch of this chorus which is just i had a feeling oh. so peculiar that this pain would be for evermore first of all i'm i'm just as a poet obsessed with how she just she rhymed like mm-hmm. sure, p- peculiar, f- fur, yes. <laughs> fur, evermore. <laughs> I just, just love Somehow that. she didn't make it sound the way that I said it. Let me just say that. Peculiar. I love it. Peculiar. peculiar. And she, I mean, who can make that word sound so beautiful? Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. And it, and it cor- sort of gives like a, a it, it's, it's like a curious. Peculiar is like a, a curiosity. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. It, it it brings me away from that like heaviness that I keep hearing yes, up to that point. Yes, it's, it's peculiar. Almost. It's mm. it's it's um you know it's not quite sure. It's 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 not heavy. It's not light. It's it's very peculiar. It's odd. Um, and it it sort of brings yeah. I, I like how it brings me away from that heaviness a right. little bit. Um, because it's, it's it's sort of a quirkier, whim, more whimsical word. Mm-hmm. But the sad part here is that she hasn't quite, she doesn't understand the feeling yet. Mm-hmm. She's mis, as we hope later on in the song, she's misreading it yeah. because mm-hmm. it isn't going to be forevermore, but she's not but at yet this time because she's looking out the window. thinking it might. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the window's open. And so she thinks she's misreading that peculiar feeling. Mm-hmm. Now we transition to in the next verse, which I. I just have to chuckle the the way it starts. Like, hey, December, like, (laughs) hey, December, here I am again. Still not over this sadness. And, oh, my, I can, I can relate to that so much. Like, I'm supposed to be happy. Why am I feeling unhappy? 
Lord, the, one of the most amazing names of a cocktail. No, just kidding. One of the most amazing <laughs> words. It like I've been describing is... myself as unmoored for <laughs> for a while. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm curious because she later says like she didn't think about the shipwreck feeling until she until Justin Vernon like wrote his bridge, oh. but she's uses sea mm-hmm. and and in, in, in other songs which oh. I'm, I'm not going to be able to name them all but like uh, w- i got one you thing... she names them in willow yeah and she names them in gold rush yes. which like lead off yes. the album but also she in her music video for cardigan back in july she's seen gripping her piano in a rough choppy yes. sea to save it's the piano that's saving her. it's her music right. mm-hmm. that's saving her mm-hmm. which we we learn this about her the music getting into her feelings and talking about this and processing through music that's what saves her that's what holds her on but she's still on more she's still rocking back and forth like bobbing mm-hmm. and just that that imagery is so it, she's what i thought it was she's not in the storm anymore like the storm's not or she's not or yet i guess mm-hmm. she's not in the storm yet but she's not connected to anything mm-hmm. well and then that i can't remember what i used to fight for it's just so relatable relatable as someone you know when you're going through depression like you you don't even want to get up mm. like you just you just you don't like you, you, you there's like a feeling of malaise and like you can't remember what made what you, you happy what I, anytime I, mm-hmm. yes yeah like even what made you angry even yeah, that like you exactly. just it's it's just it's it's numbness. Feeling of just being, yes, mm-hmm. yes, which comes when you're cold, right? When you're in the Ooh. frigidness, you're numb yes. to those feelings. Like you, I mean, you have to think about that. Like if she, you know, she's gonna walk out into the wildest winter barefoot because she can do that because she's numb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We and then we we get into the courses is. is we kind of already mentioned it. The only different part, the only the twist that she makes here, I, I would say is a subtle one, but it's probably pretty big. Like if you're, yeah. you start off, you're just at the open window and then now you go yeah. out, like she goes out yeah. and she's, she's barefoot in the winter. And like, this is when it's like, she's really deep yeah. into this mm-hmm. depression. Yeah. I, I've been, I can picture that so well, because as I mentioned earlier, when you, said that you're on the beach and i mentioned i am very much not on the beach we have had some very violent winter weather uh, where i live and i can i i struggle just to stay warm in my in the comfort of my home with a fireplace because it's so violent outside Mm -hmm. and to picture myself out there in those really intense elements um but barefoot it it I, i i picture it so well when she sings it 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 just would be devastating to be in that situation um, where you have no shelter and and you're not um, protected at all Mm -hmm. and you have no comfort. And those, I I think that's what she's trying to convey here when she says barefoot in the wildest winter. Um, And I, I, that's why I named my cocktail this drink because that's, that's one of the lines that just makes me, it, it feels so visceral when I hear it. I can just picture exactly what that would be like and how, tough that would be how how difficult and how hard obviously cold but in this case it's not necessarily like a literal cold it's it's um metaphorically right it's it's figurative what and and it's it's great that she does change the lyrics in the second chorus she is known to do that in a lot of her songs where the second chorus is is you know the same cadence and the same melody but with those twists right and she does it really well and Inevitable. Well, it just it, it carries the story. It mm-hmm. makes yeah. the story move mm-hmm. forward. So you're moving with it. So then, by the time we get into the bridge, you know, right before we, you know, it's Evermore, Evermore. You repeat. You can hear the echoing of the Evermore, and you could hear the piano, um, as if it's like stuck. A record is stuck because it like plays yeah. that same chord over and over, and then it like speeds up and. And you, what I visualize, and maybe that's just because I'm at a beach. I don't, I, I don't know. 
I'm I'm playing a drinking game. Every time you hear me say beach, you oh, have to drink the cocktail. I'll drink to that. <laughs> drink to that. So I'm picturing her in a wintertime beach escape. Maybe, like, where's her place in Maine? Is she in Maine, Massachusetts? Rhode Island. Whatever. Rhode Island. Whatever. Same thing. <laughs> and, and, there's, and, and there's snow on that beach. And yeah, there's Holiday. snow on the beach. Okay. Right. And so she... But it's winter time, so but you know it's confusing because she's going out barefoot on a mm. beach like you would want to. Okay. But it's the wildest winter, and yeah. this is where she gets into her like. This is when the anxiety, the swirling anxiety, mm. she's getting out into the unmoored sea and the shipwreck. Like this is where, this is where we enter into the bridge, mm. um, and this is where Justin Vernon steps in with his. Oh. I, I mean it. <laughs> Just the voice could suddenly, I mean, you started to hear it a little bit as it was repeating ever more, but like mm-hmm. just the way that like it it sounds like we've said before, chaotic. And like the words that he's singing sound desperate. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't not. Can't Double not. negative there. I love it. I can't can not. not think of all the chaos. Yeah. And, um, and the, the things that will be lost. Did anyone else have anything in these lines that you had to like, really read a few hundred times i just i kept going back i say this i keep going back to the pandemic and things that we lost people things yes time i really enjoy watching the lyric videos on youtube um which yeah uh are on taylor's channel like they're they're produced by taylor's team and it's just usually a still image sometimes that image moves a little bit but it's the lyrics and what I really like about the Evermore lyric video is during this bridge, on one side of the screen, you see the lyrics for uh, Justin's words. Oh, yeah. And then on the corner of the other opposite corner of the screen, you see uh, Taylor's oh. lyrics. And it's a beautiful way to visualize sort of the like the contrast and the the what I'm assuming is her inner dialogue within with with herself where again like exile like it has a lot of similarities to exile mm-hmm. where it it's like a it's very conflicting uh struggling ideas that are just all clashing together at once so if you get a chance mm-hmm. uh check out the lyric video for this song okay. because um in the bridge in particular it, it just it does a really great job of uh, I, I have a visual mind, so I love to see how the lyrics are represented visually. What I also want to, and I, Rachel, I brought this up last week when we discussed Chris Stapleton's role in the song "I Bet You Think About Me." I, I, I try to, I search for a reason why she chooses collaborative artists and what that significance might be for a song. Um, so I'm curious if you guys have any ideas as to why she wanted. Uh, a, a, another voice in this song particularly a male voice does that have any significance or relevance to what she's mm. trying to convey here well it might be that they were both writing it together they both had ideas they had already worked together on exile and but i like your idea of that dialogue that inner it conveys a, an inner dialogue i think she wanted to work with with him, him again yeah. and realized that this song, like you said, carried multiple voices, mm-hmm. um, but that, in the end, I think are all in her head, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I, I have to think, uh, even even the way that he sings it, because he's like, it's a it's a high falsetto voice, so it's not that low male voice and making you think it's somebody different. You can mm-hmm. imagine almost his voice sounds very echoey, like it's in a distance, like you can hear it, like it, mm-hmm. like it's swirling around in your mind. I, um, <laughs> I, I almost think that that's she got because if she heard the piano first and then she heard the like fast speeding up part, I imagined she probably was thinking this would be a good time to this feels chaotic this is a good time mm-hmm. to bring in somebody with some like a chaotic direction you know we get we we get Justin Vernon's chorus he repeats it multiple times but then she layers in her voice with confidence you can hear i think she brings in that layer of confidence that you don't hear from Justin Vernon, which was interesting because she said, I wrote this after he wrote it. 
and it mm-hmm. was like her saying like let me put bring my voice in but it's time to start introducing the the hope of the yeah, song yeah that's this is exactly where she does introduce that hope up to this would... point you she's just singing about how that she she's lost and mm-hmm. she's depressed and nothing is going right and she's lost all hope but she she introduces these liver these these little slivers of hope with lines like um in the cracks of light mm-hmm. um when i was shipwrecked i thought of you mm-hmm. and the cracks of the light, cracks I, of I, light. Dreamed I dreamed of you. of you and it was real enough what? like it's it was just enough to get me through which is um mm-hmm. if you've been through a dark depressive place that is sometimes all you need is just a little the little bit of hope just to get you through to know that there is still hope for you that there is still a future ahead of you right. um and it's it's just a beautiful and Rachel you keep saying relatable it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. relatable and especially hearing it from someone like Taylor Swift who we view as like you know just has has the world at her fingertips she's so successful she's so talented but to hear her admit that she goes through these really dark times and she just like us needs hope um to get her through it's it's just like it's it's striking it's it's relieving in a way yeah was anyone intrigued by the is there a line that we could go across i ended up i thought about that for a long time what are your thoughts well, I found a, a reference, a maritime reference that says when crew okay, members... Okay, good. I was digging deep. Tell me. When crew members or passengers cross the equator for the first time, um, they hold a ceremony to commemorate the occasion of crossing that line. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. Oh. I have no idea if that's where Taylor and Justin were going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. You I could also say crossing I, the finish I was line. Like, you could. <laughs> Another thought I had, which is definitely a whole lot darker, is uh, I, th- I, th- I thought uh, if this was hinting at suicide, if like mm. because is as a way to like I'm out on ways I'm being tossed. Is is there a line that I could just cross? Like, is there a way mm. that I can just be done with this? And I think mm. which which is so devastating and heavy, but but. Yeah. Uh, I, I it's think the of it in less... the opposite way. Like, is there a line that okay. we can cross to get get through this? Like, can mm-hmm. we just because he's saying um, to be certain that we'll be tall again? Like, he he's looking for um, or she's looking for whoever perspective you want to put this in uh, a way to to rise above again. And where is that line that we can cross to get past this this dark place where we are? To be tough again. It's interesting. I find the use of we. Can we just get a pause to be certain Ooh. we'll be tall again? And then goes back to I. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm on waves. Is there a line that I could just go across? Hmm. I, I'll, I we'll, we get later into that. But I think about um, there are many times that someone who's gone through depression it's not a one time thing it's it's a it's a thing that comes back and that's that's what i'm hearing in this like the all the wees that have ever mm. struggled w- mm-hmm. with this i the the when i notice the change from to certain will be tall again to i'm on waves the reason I get really sad or like I hear just like that a hinting at suicide is that it's like this last one person that's saying, I can't do this anymore. And the line that I will cross, the piece, it will go away if I cross that line. Now that's really deep. <laughs> that's really, yeah. really that's heavy. And I you. think, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that that's, that's ideation that's suicidal ideation that that does does happen but but we have to get into the hope because that's Mm -hmm. what's coming what's interesting as taylor starts talking she has another pronoun which is you Mm -hmm. and 
when I first heard this, I think I was thinking of someone else who was saving her. I think I was thinking of, like we've mentioned, Joe, who is like mm. her quiet, safe yeah. place. But the more I think about it personally, I hear that I dreamed of you is the one who made it. So that it's like uh, when, when I'm in my really dark times, when I've been struggling a lot with depression, I think of the times when I got through it. I think of the me's that mm. I've been before, mm. all the different selves that I've been. And I think what I hear is that, like, you were there, you future me, who's better. You wow. were there pulling me back into the cabin like pulling yeah. me back That's in beautiful instead of mm. crossing the line yeah. like I don't know like going beyond the equator or whatever like mm-hmm. crossing the line of the storm <laughs> you come back away from the storm you were there and you got me out of the waves and back inside to the yeah. cabin so That's ultimately beautiful. she's singing to herself um yeah. this whole time and that's I don't know, that is a beautiful that way to think of it. Beautiful, Rachel. yeah. I, I I almost thought she was singing to you as in us, like her fans, that she she was trying to get through because she knows that we're there for her, and she was yeah. that she said mm-hmm. before that that her fans are her source of like why she does this all in the first place and what gets her through and. Um, and that's a little selfish thought too. Just thinking that. No, but that I, could also I'm be <laughs> the music. I dreamed of you. I dreamed of the thing I love her. that yeah. gets me through. I dreamed <laughs> yeah. of the piano that I hold on to. The music that I have. You were yeah. there. Like the music got me through. Yeah. And and I think Taylor has mentioned that, like getting back into art with with mm-hmm. folklore and Evermore. And gosh, as she continues yeah. on with Midnight's and her re-records, like that's that saved her in the time of the pandemic and i think that's something her that friends her collaborators mm-hmm. yes so did we cover Ooh. the bridge <laughs> i think we okay we, now it's we time the bridge <laughs> do we need to catch our breath we need to catch our breath yes. we are back inside the cabin and the floors yes. are creaking i I especially love this because the three of us know of our cabin so mm-hmm. well. And it's creaky floors. Place. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think it's it's so amazing. We we just went through it, the three of us, uh, breaking this down and, and getting um, to the, the core and the emotion of it. And she, too, I mean, with the, with the bridge exiting back into that slow pace, Mm-hmm. you definitely come down from yeah. that and and now we're catching our breath as she sings and i was catching my breath and like in the first uh chorus I, like i mentioned i think she was catching her breath because she was cold and frigid mm-hmm. and, and scared and, and sad but now i feel like she's gotten through that and she's found the hope and she's catching her breath like you do at the end of a, a race you're you're coming down the rough part is over and you can now recover from that her breath is going deep down into her center and we don't hear she's catching her death on this chorus floors of a cabin creaking under my step i yeah you're right she doesn't i don't think even notice that i I picture her future self wrapping a blanket around her Mm -hmm. and making her like know that she's safe and then here and then we all but then in that cabin that's where we have joe playing the familiar piano again like and there's still that peculiar like i'm curious i'm hoping that this yes this peculiar feeling is that That the pain won't be be forevermore forevermore right and just the word evermore this is the album closer and that is the last line that we hear her sing yes it gives you such hope whereas the, the start of the song she's singing how this pain would be forevermore. It's so sad, and and it's it's there's no hope there. But now that we have come to this hope, she ends it, and it's a very different ending than folklore, with which ended with hoax, which is not a positive song. But but mm-hmm. now she ends it with 
the most positive thing ever that there is such hope that this pain wouldn't be forevermore. And we know for her um, that it's it's she's definitely on the right path now. She's she's moved through that that dark time that she talks about. And but you know, the, it is peculiar because that doesn't mean that life from here on out is always rainbows and sunshines and unicorns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there, but to to have gone through such a dark place and to find hope is a great indication that you can you can go through tougher times again and and move through that so long as you find the 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 positives in your life and the people and the and the the songs and the music that brings you through that and i think that's ultimately what she's singing about here yeah you can almost hear her and all her past selves singing evermore 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 like a reminder like you you kind of need Sometimes you need a mantra. Like evermore became her mantra to remind herself mm-hmm. evermore, evermore. And like you said, like mm-hmm. it's like tying back to those moments in life when she was dancing to that beat or when she was in love. You know, it's 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 there. Mm-hmm. I, I just what a beautiful way to end it. And Trish, were there any other thoughts that you wanted to speak on evermore? I don't think so. Again, I just, um, I just love the hope that it gave me. Uh, as in a good book, you know, you you can read about the dark times, but it says if you're in a forest and there's light coming through the trees, and um, and then when there's some some ending that you know is hopeful. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's tied together in a bow, like you said, Liam. Right. Right. You came through this particular storm. Well, Sam, Trish, I couldn't be sure, but I have a feeling so peculiar that this podcast cannot go on forevermore. Yeah, probably should pause before we catch our death. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I won't because I'm out here in the beautiful sunny weather. Uh, But wait. Before we say goodbye, Sam, can we just get a pause? Uh, we need to announce next week's song. Rachel. Okay. Uh, it's it's your choice. Trish obviously chose this one. I chose last week. So it's on you, Rach. Yeah. Well, technically, so technically I didn't pick this week. Um, Caroline picked. We were th- We were talking about an album that has a lot to do with letters addressed to the fire writing letters that were addressed to the fire and um she just said hey you should do look what you made me do (laughs) (laughs) uh so i got i got that song in red underline and wow i did not see that coming i just gave us a real big whiplash okay but we whiplash from last week and I kind of feel like we need to maybe answer a little bit about these re- letters that she was writing to the fire. So totally, it's look very, what you made me do. Fitting transition, I think. Okay, yeah, why I'm not? I'm ready for it. Why not? Um, and Trish, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you like, so it much. It was just so much fun. Swiggies, if you would like to have an opportunity to chat Swift and Swigs with the Sibs. Write us letters addressed to our fire at Swift and Swigs Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. You can find us on Swift and Swigs Pod on Substack as well. Now, whether weather be the frost, where you are, or the violence of the dog days, we want to hear from you. That concludes this week's podcast. Join us next week when we discuss Look What You Made Me Do. Look What You Made Me Do. Until then, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. And hey, Swiggies, we hope that when you're shipwrecked, you think of us. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Trish and Rachel. Cheers. Cheers. We did it.